Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. Welcome to another episode of Nobody Told Me That. I am here with my constant companion, Kevin Henry. How you doing? Hey, good morning. Happy New Year. And I am your shadow. I don't mind doing <laughs> that at all. So there you go. <laughs> Happy New Year. And uh, I did put on a few pounds this, this Christmas. So that might actually be that you're in my shadow. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I've got on the, the pajama pants this morning. So, you know, it doesn't <laughs> fit anymore. So it works fine. Yeah. It was just, you know, the economy is great, and and so were our dinners. So, <laughs> all right. So we this is our first podcast of 2020, and I, I have to say I'm really excited to put 2019 to bed. I did not have the best 2019. It was not the worst, but it was not the best. How about you? I'm kind of the same way. 2020, uh, you know, our, our dear friend Rita Zamora, I run, rung in the new year with her and her husband, Michael, and we talked about the value of joy in the new year. And so I think that that's a great word that, that I'm going to focus on this coming year is joy and happiness and pursuing those things that, that bring that to me. Nice. I like that. I might, I'm going to have to think of a word for the year uh, when we do our next podcast, because I love that you guys are having a theme. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, like hands off to Rita for that one, for sure. Yeah. Well, Rita, you know, Rita comes up with a lot of ideas. Many people may not realize this, but she is the person who told me this is the name that of the podcast oh, that nobody told me that i didn't mm-hmm. even know that wow yeah see she was we were on our mastermind her uh jenny hegarty and i we have a mastermind and we meet uh, about once about once a month really via you know of course online i was like i can't name this podcast i know what it is but i just don't know what to call it and you know they went through the the regular well what's you know what question do you get the most and what pain point are you hearing and and i said well the questions are all different but the replies are all the same it's always nobody told me that and Rita said, well, that's it then. Like almost like a duh. So, because <laughs> you know, we love Rita. She pulled that name out of me. So yes, Rita is the reason why this is called Nobody Told Me That. Well done. Yes, very much so. It, it pays to have excellent friends. Surround yourself with excellent people. <laughs> exactly. So even if you're in the shadow of the more well-fed person. <laughs> Some say it's cold in the shadow. I say it's warm. So it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, so one thing you and I were chatting ahead of time and we, we were talking about how we had seen an uptick in the last year and, and maybe because people were reporting it more or whatever, but I noticed it. And then you, you had said you noticed it as well. There's been an awful lot of shady stuff going on in offices, more specifically the stealing by employees from the dental office slash dentist. That's something that your numbers at Dr. Bicuspid support, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We found that I think people enjoy looking at train wrecks a little bit. You know, we don't like to admit that, but we do, but you know, crime and theft and uh, you know, just plain shadiness. Uh, Whenever we found that in the dental practice, honestly, when, and we put it up there, people click the heck out of it. And I think part of it is we, we want to see what people do. And part of it is also we we don't want to have that done to us. So I think we try to look for clues as how to not have that happen in our practice. And and I think that's kind of where we're going a little bit this morning with this. 
Well, so you had sent me an article to read because I, I know you, you're going to have it up on on Bicuspid and, and it was it's a police report. You know, it's it's from the the city that she's in, Weber County. And I don't know where that uh, is. Utah. 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 Thank you. OK. Oh, Ogden there. It was interesting here because she was found and her name is Nikki Lee Martinez. And it's uh, still alleged. It's a um, it's a it's a count. I mean, they've been charged. So it's, yeah. it's alleging. So we don't know if she did this or not. But it seems to me that she was found only because she crashed her car and in the car they found blank checks belonging yeah. to the practice and a bank card belonging to the dentist. And they allege, the police allege, that she had made rent payments, she had made utility payments for herself, you know, drawing down on the the office accounts. And then she had, of course, just had some fun with the credit card. So, you know, I see here Netflix, pizza, car repairs, Uber rides. I I mean, this is actually pretty boring, to be honest with you. If you're going to take a credit card, I can't imagine that the Netflix pizza dinners and Uber rides is like the best you could do. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I've never been to Ogden, but hey, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. So I, I don't get it. So and, and that, here's what's interesting. She was actually in jail in June and she had paid her bond <laughs> with money from the practice. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then she she so, you know, she's got the stolen checks. Allegedly, she's got the stolen checks. She's got the credit card payments to these really boring things. She's got the the um, bond. But that's not enough, Kevin. No, there's she, more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> she has to go for the hydrocodone. So she has to go for the pain pills, which probably explains why she got such boring stuff on her credit card yeah. <laughs> because she's in a she's in a in a haze and she can't figure out what else to buy so maybe netflix is the only thing in her bookmarks and that's why she spent so much money there i don't get it like like get yourself a new computer get yourself an iphone yeah. you know what i mean i see and, and i've wondered the same thing i'm like was she worried about getting caught since she did small things allegedly or, you know, but then she goes for the hydrocodone, you know, so I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Well, and, and, you know, the landlord's getting checks paid to her on a dental office check, supposedly, like, does a landlord ever say, hey, what's going on here? So, but I guess if you're a landlord, you're just happy the check came. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. So, so she's got the, I, I want to call it, um, She's just, she's just, she wins an award for this if she did indeed do everything. <laughs> but, but you know, the sad part is, seriously, you and I have seen so much about it, and, and that's kind of where we started talking about this morning, is that it almost doesn't surprise us anymore. I mean, the levels of things maybe she did are still kind of, those, oh, wow, you, you do get an award for that. We've seen this so much, and 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 we've we've covered so much of it on drbycuspid.com about office managers pocketing cash or whatever it might be. And it just floors me that still to this day, people are getting away with it and they're not getting caught until way down the road. So she, yeah, you're right. She, and she is, she's gone for quantity over quality, which yeah. is really what, what most thieves do in offices. So we, you know, you and I know a lot of these experts, William Hiltz has a great Facebook group where he shares these kind of cases. Susan Gunn is a fraud investigator. She writes about this stuff. And, you know, my husband is a certified fraud examiner also. 
So between all of that, I'm getting always getting stories of people doing shady stuff. This one sounds like it went on for a long time, but also she just the big dollar amounts. I mean, just and then carrying the checks around with her blank checks around with her. So maybe we should go over what are some things if you're a manager and a, a dentist, what are some things that you can do to keep this from happening to you? Does that sound good to you? Let's going over that. Please. Okay. So, and, and keep in mind, I'm not a fraud expert. I've just being a manager, I've seen this enough. Kevin's not a fraud expert, but being a longtime editor, you've read more than your fair share of these stories. Yep. And one thing that I will say, you know, ADOM, the American Association of Dental Office Management, they have an ethics section and Susan Gunn actually has uh, written that for them. And Amy and oh gosh, what uh, Amy, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. She's in Colorado too. One of the best Amy consultants. Kirk. Thank you. There you I go. couldn't remember her last name. Amy Kirsch wrote the first version of it, and now Susan Gunn has written a second one and has an online course to go along with it. The reason I bring this up about ADOM is that when I was working with them, going through the first iteration of this was very important to all of us. And it was because we would see things like this all of the time in the news. And we wanted our offices, you know, our dentists to know that this was not a common thing. And there have been times when I've sent a name up to ADOM and said, hey, can you check the database? And, and when I had access to the database, I was constantly checking these. We rarely found that a member of ADOM was any of these people. And so hopefully that's the, the whole ethics thing can be a bigger focus in, in more offices. So ethics, first of all, that, you know, somebody like this is somebody like allegedly this Miss Martinez ethics is not a concern of hers. Ethics was probably never a concern of hers. What I think motivates a lot of these people who steal, and I'm not going to say Martinez anymore. Let's just throw her off to the side because we don't know if she did it or not. It's no. all allegedly. But people who who do steal from the offices, usually there is, there's a stressor. They need the money. There's huge opportunity uh, and, and it could be a combination of these. There's also a rationalization that goes on where this dentist makes so much money, they're not going to miss this. Right. Or I've been here for so long and I grew this practice, I deserve this money. So if you take all of those into account, the opportunity, the stressor, and then the entitlement, you may have somebody in your office who just sees very easily it's, you know, your money is there and I'm going to take. We've seen some big dollar amounts. We've seen it up in the millions. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously any amount is, is horrible and any amount can cause such issues for a dental practice. But like you just said, this this uh, one in Utah that we we're talking about this morning, this is small potatoes compared to some that we've seen. And that's the scary part. Yeah, the, the queen of it all is a, a lady named Lori Doughty, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. I'll put a link to her story in the show notes. She was in Washington State and it was like something like 12 million. I mean, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. I remember this specifically. She had a license plate on her, of course, brand new luxury car that said, envy me. Wow. Um, so, I mean, really, come on now. Wow. Um, yeah, really, really bold. And, you know, I believe she's in jail now. But so what do we do to avoid this? Well, Actually, let me back up a second, Kevin. I'm sorry. I'm kind of all over the place with this. Mm -hmm. With managers, I know that there's a lot of fraud teachers that don't like to have managers in the offices because they feel as if, uh, I'm sorry, not in the offices, in the classes, they feel as if they're going to be teaching the managers how to steal. Yep. 
So, and I get that. I get that. But I, being a former manager, being someone who protected the heck out of my boss and still to a point to this day, I think we need to let these managers know how it's done because it's not always the manager. Right. So, and as more of managers move into regional operations and then, you know, multi-locations, they need to know this because as, as has been proved time and again, and this is not a knock on doctors, but it just is time and again, it is not usually the doctor that spots it until it's too late. Yep. So the doctor is probably the last one who's going to be made aware of this. And by that time, thousands are gone. So let's just throw out this myth that managers shouldn't know anything about this because I think we've just evolved in this, as an industry and as a business past that. So any thoughts on that? No, I, I agree with you, you know, and, and you know, my passion is assisting it. And I know that there have been cases where it's been the assistant who, who has uh, been doing things illegally in the practice and, and not just what duties she or he can do, but, but with money. And, 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 you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, as you said, I've, I've worked for dental economics, I've done dental products report and, and it's funny, I've worked with authors and they're very hesitant to talk to me about how to avoid this in a practice, because as you said, they don't want everybody in the practice to know it because then they feel like they're giving the thief the inside track on how they're going to get caught. Right. And I think that we've got to dispel that myth a little bit. And, and like you said, I'm no fraud expert. Okay. So, so don't come after me, uh, Susan. But, 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 but it is something that I believe that we've all got to be on the same page as far as warning signs, what to watch for, uh, you know, triggers, as you said earlier, uh, you know, and I think that's got to be, I'm a, I'm a big fan of everybody being on the same page in the practice mm -hmm. with everything. And I think this is an example of that. And if you're going to trust your manager to run your business, then you should also trust her or him to recognize when it's not being run well. Yeah. You know, I talked about the stressors. So what do you mean by stressors, Teresa? Well, Perhaps you have somebody whose kid just got addicted to drugs. Perhaps you have someone who now has to pay for an unexpected wedding. Perhaps you have an employee who is adopting a child unexpectedly because a family member had to give up custody, whatever. You can see what I mean. It's a life change. Yep. It's something they didn't expect, and it's going to cost them some money. And the first place you look at when you need money is where it's freely available. You know, if there was a fountain of money, you wouldn't steal from the office. You'd go to the fountain of money. Right. So you go to where the money is. And if you think, and if you have that underlying rationalization of, well, I've done, you know, I've done so much, he won't mind or she won't mind. Then you've got that. And there is just, there's a lot of it that goes on. The most common to me, in my opinion and Susan could probably back this up with stats or whatever. I think there is a lot of time theft and I think there's a lot of product theft. Yep. Those can be caught with good systems. So you can make sure that people are clocking in and out on time. You can keep an eye on that. You can keep an eye on inventory by making sure you actually have inventory counts and that sort of thing. But somebody who has access to your money and if you're not paying attention to it is very easy to steal. So I mean, being for coming from a former office manager, you know, my boss, wonderful, wonderful guy. He trusted me with very, very much. Could I have taken money at any time? Probably, probably. And, and what you just said right there is so important because me, trust is a big thing. And I remember we published an, uh, one embezzlement story on drbycuspid.com. And the dentist said very specifically in there how shocked he was because he said, I treat everybody like family. I trust them like my children. How could they do this? 
And while I'm not advocating that we don't trust people, I think there has to be trust with measures put in there as well. I, I think you have to have some fail safes. Absolutely. It, it, it is systems. It does break down into systems and doctors as the ultimate owner of the business, it's, it's on you to double check and, and, you know, spot check. And I tell people don't go crazy because I've met doctors who don't let anybody put in checks. They don't, I mean, and it's because they've been stolen from, so they go a little bit overboard. If you spot check, if you do surprise checks every now and then, the fact that your employee, your employee knows this is not, they're going to be worried. They're not going to want to get caught. So that's a deterrent right there. The fact that at the end of the day, you ask for a day sheet, you ask for an accounting of the day, that tells that person it's really hard to get something by you because you're watching. That's all I need you to do. Run the day sheet, ask for the day sheet, ask for the deposit slip. Um, make I don't care if you just throw it in the corner of your office, You know, look at it sometimes, but get into the habit of showing that you are paying attention to the numbers. Now for associates that are listening, you know, you're not the owner, you're, you're uh, probably don't have much control over the employees at this point, but what can happen with you is your numbers, your, what you're paid on, whether it's production or collection is greatly affected by cash flow. So you should be concerned with this. So you as an associate have a right to get your numbers on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever's in your contract, but also get to run, know how to run those reports yourself so that you can keep track. We had an associate once and, you know, she ran her separate reports versus my separate reports. And I never got offended because sometimes she caught it and sometimes she was wrong and I showed her how she was wrong. We were good checks and balance for each other. I never got offended by that. So associates, if you have a manager that kind of huffs and puffs and says, don't you trust me? I understand you're probably going to go, oh, I don't want to cause any issues, but hold your ground because a a manager, actually a good manager really digs the fact that the doctor is interested in what he or she is doing. I promise you that. And, and, you know, I wish that this was something that associates and and all dentists learned, you know, and, and in school. And, and I think there's so much business one-on-one and common sense that isn't taught that should be, but to know how to pull the reports out of a Dentrix or an Eaglesoft or whatever it might be is so valuable just to have that check and that fail safe. And like you said, if I know you're checking stuff every once in a while, absolutely. It deters me from even thinking I can get away with something. You know, it's funny. You mentioned something earlier about um, being family. So when I, and I used to be a member of this association of certified fraud examiners, but I let that go because I'm I'm not focusing on it. And plus Norman gets all of the benefits. So I don't really have to really pay attention to that um, anymore. So what, but what I learned when I was knee deep in it was that there there are some characteristics of an embezzler. So let me just go over some of these. And I think it may shock some of you managers that are listening, because this probably describes you to a T. I know when I heard these for the first time, I said, oh, oh, crap, I'm an embezzler because <laughs> I, I fit the description. So it's somebody who comes in late, leaves early. I'm sorry. Hold on. Wrong. Comes in early, leaves late. I, I never. Oh, I never left early. Isn't that awful? Um, OK, <laughs> so comes in early, leaves late. You're usually the first one in, last one out. That's pretty normal, right? Um, you probably have a lot of stuff around your desk that you don't like moved because you work in piles and you know where everything is. So the fact that somebody gets upset about their space being invaded, 
that's another sign as well. Okay, well, I did not like people moving my pile, so that makes sense. When I went on vacation, nobody did what I did regarding the checks and the payments and all that. It basically was on hold. Well, we did that because we were a smaller office, and until I got help, that's how it was. I mean, it changed down the down the road, but it was like that for a very long time. Okay, because you don't want the dentist putting in insurance checks when they don't even know how to do it. So I I get that. Okay. Rarely takes vacations, and and this is a big one. I was a workaholic, and and before I had Noah, this was me to a T. Rarely takes vacations because when things are found, it is when they are not in the office. So, you know, so not taking vacations is a big tip off or they only take one or two day vacations, not a lot. And basically they want stuff to shut down at that, you know, at that time, you know, regarding their, what they do. So then the last thing, which is very important is they've been there a long time. I'm not talking about two or three years. They've usually been there over eight years. And what they also are is part of the doctor's family or the business owner's family. They consider them to be family. Well, Buddy was a was in as a groomsman in my wedding. I was in his wedding. I was there for the birth of the fir- their first two children. Wow. So how how close am I in this? I'm family. So when you put all that to, and I worked for him for twenty plus years. So when you put all that together, I fit the perfect mold of the embezzler, perfect mold of the embezzler, but I'm not because I've got the ethics and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. So dentists listening to this, if you just thought, okay, this might describe my office manager. Well, so what I would do in this case is go in there, have a frank talk and say, you know, I know this is not you. I just want you to know that I'm taking some information. I took a podcast. I took a class. I'm, I'm concerned with this. So is there anything I can do to lessen the load on you? Because what I heard in this podcast is that you do too much. That's really it. You do too much. And so try to take the load off of your manager. Now, if your manager fights back viciously, then maybe you have something to think about. Okay. So that's how I would handle it if I were to come into your office from an outside perspective. That's how I would handle it. And I think that it's, I think that you're always looking for those red flags. You're looking for little changes in attitude, whatever it might be. You know, I, I think that that's a really big thing. And I can tell you sometimes whenever people come into the practice, oh man, I have seen people all of a sudden the hair on their neck stand up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's funny to see the the reactions to people. And it's not just because they don't want change. It's because they're afraid that they're going to get caught. And I want to go back to something you said earlier. Let's not forget this isn't just about money. This is about a time steal as well. And so often that is what I see from, uh, you know, and, and I hear from my clinical assistants so often is that it's about manipulating the time clock. It's about re- saying you're working when you're not. Little things like that. Those that's still stealing from the practice in a big way. It is, it is. And, and, and there's a business side of this that I think a lot of, um, you know, if you haven't taken a business course on this, there's, you don't realize there's liabilities. Most corporations don't want you to come to the practice or to the office if you're not scheduled to work, because if anything happens to you, they're liable for it. So they don't want you checking in two or three hours ahead of time for your job because they don't want to pay you for it. Plus, you don't want to be liable for anything that happens. It's the same principle in dentistry. I worked with one office where the office manager came into work. She was scheduled to start at 730, but she came into work at 630 every day because she wanted to beat traffic. That was her reason. 
However, she was checked in and making breakfast and, you know, checking her phone or email or whatever for that hour because she thought if I'm on premise, then I'm working. But that wasn't actually the case. And if you can imagine, that's they worked uh, four days a week. That's four days a week, one hour every day. That's four additional hours a week that you're paying an office manager that has a pretty decent salary. Same thing with your assistants, you know, so and hygienists, of course. So, yes, time theft, time theft is huge. And um, and honestly, time theft is easier to do than this this money theft, you know, and and the prescription theft has kind of diminished because of a lot of the e-prescribe that's gone that's gone into effect. And in 2020, there's been more states that have said, you know, e-prescribe is the way to go. So I'm not really worried about the drugs, but it is definitely the time and then the uh, equipment. A lot of dentists, if you're not looking at your inventory, there is a lot of equipment that can walk. I I know, uh, you know, I know of an assistant who would take a box of gloves home every time because she worked uh, with painting uh, wood and things like that for a hobby. And mm. you just take a box of gloves home, you know, and, and on the surface, you're like, okay, it's a box of gloves, big deal. But how many times does that happen during the year? And what other things are being, you know, taken? And, and again, I don't want to make it seem like everybody's stealing everything. Okay. But right. these are things that you and I both hear about whenever we're out there talking to people. And it boils down to what you said earlier, checks and balances, whether it's inventory, whether it's the clock, whether it's your money, whatever it is, you've got to have something in place so that you actually know, I've got 10 boxes of gloves in storage. Wait, no, there's only eight. What happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, you don't want to be that person that micromanages it all. But if you start managing it, you will see that there's usage patterns. Sure. You know, if you go to Amazon and do a subscribe and save on something, they're going to do it based on how often you've been ordering it anyways. You call in your Patterson, your Benko, your Shine, any of those dudes or, or ladies that's going to manage your inventory, they'll get this set up for you. And then you'll be able to see, you know, how often it's being done. Now, managers and dentists, if you haven't taken a look at the inventory system in a while, you're just paying the bill and saying, oh, okay, that looks pretty normal. It's time for a spot check because this is what managers and owners do. They spot check the systems they put into place. This is part of being an owner or having a manager mentality. So don't be afraid to walk into the back and saying, hey, you know, this is what I'm going to do every January from now on. I'm just going to take a look at the inventory system. Don't mind me. I'm just going to be going through um, some of the inventories here. One of the the big things are Arrestin. And I know a lot of offices that don't stock Arrestin anymore because it is so expensive. You know, they're using the pharmacy benefit program. Anesthesia gets ordered all the time and is and goes bad, so that's expensive. Yeah. The, the gloves you said, the Sonicares tend to walk. In extreme cases, when somebody is really needing the money, you know, these sensors can go too. What about your portable nomads? I mean, anything that can walk is going to walk if somebody needs it badly enough. That that's really it. it so yes, and and that goes back to what you said earlier. If somebody, you know, hopefully you, if you're a dentist, hopefully you're talking to your team members and you're knowing a little bit of what's going on in their lives. And if you know one of them is going through a rough patch, not that you automatically start watching them like a hawk, but it also should be something that A, you have sympathy for them, but B, you also can see, is this something then that could lead towards something that could affect our business? 
you know, and, and one thing that I, I was hammered into at dental economics is that it's a business. It's not just a dental practice. And how that business does doesn't just affect the dentist, but it affects everybody in that business. When that Utah office manager stole from the dental practice, it affected the hygienist, the assistants. It affected everybody. And allegedly. I, allegedly. Allegedly, of course. <laughs> yeah. But but I think that that's one thing that we've got to remember is that it's not just because, well, the dentist makes all this money, I can take some. You're taking it from everybody in the practice as well. And that's why everybody in the practice needs to have their guard up a little bit, I think. Absolutely. And dentists and managers, pay attention to when the new person comes up to you and says, is it normal that so-and-so does this? Because that really is when, like you said, when somebody new comes on board, people that see it being done properly in another office are going to question what they see in your office. So, you know, don't, don't say, I know that the general reaction from a manager's point of view is, well, that's how we do it here. But take that hat off for a second and listen to what the new person is saying. Because number one, that's sometimes how we grow. We find out, you know, dental hacks from another office coming in, you know, handy here. And number two, that's your job as a manager, not to dismiss, but to take it into account and then take appropriate action with what you've been told, not not to dismiss it. So, okay, so let's talk about, say we find this this scoundrel in in our office. Let's we've identified a possible shady lady. Let's just call her shady lady. What do we do with shady lady? What would you do, Kevin? What's your first instinct? With shady lady? Oh. With shady lady. And maybe this is weird, but I don't let her know that necessarily I'm on to her. No, but I certainly, I start doing some checks of shady lady. And I my ears are certainly perked up anytime the shady lady's around, any kind of money or anything else. And I'm definitely watching the last week and that week like a hawk in terms of money. So... My whole thing has never been you alert them that you're on to them, but you make mm-hmm. sure that you've got enough evidence to whenever you are sure that they can't slip through some loophole or whatever it might be. So somewhere out there, Susan Gunn is very proud of you Yay. because you should not confront immediately because there is a possibility that you will need to call in the authorities. Yep. And that just probably made a lot of people go, uh-uh, no, that's it. I'm checking out. I don't want the cops involved or anything like that. So it needs to happen. If somebody's nest- stealing from you, I would actually, I would wonder why you're not taking it personally. You know, <laughs> I, I would be so hurt, betrayed and all of that kind of stuff. And in fact, what some victims, victim dentists do, or I guess alert dentists, I don't want to call them victims necessarily, alert dentists do is they do get in touch with the authorities. They do call the police department and they have detectives. If you're in a a suburb or a big enough town, they do have detectives specifically assigned to, to these kinds of cases and they will walk you through what needs to happen. And do you need a certified fraud examiner to come in and look at your books like a William Hiltz or a Susan Gunn? That would be my next step as well. And Susan can walk you right through it. I mean, she, this is what she does for a living. So that's how I would handle it initially. Part of my conversation also is, you know, hey, we're going to be 2020 is a new year. This is, this is a great time to do it, actually. 2020 is a new year. I just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to commit myself to being better with looking at the numbers and everything. And, you know, just kind of make a quiet comment like that because you will start running reports and he or she is going to notice that you just, you know, you will. A good embezzler is going to know about the audit trail 
on any of the softwares. And honestly, I'm not giving anything away because manager doesn't know what I'm talking about. That's all right. They're not, don't worry about it. <laughs> so what, okay. So say you don't have this going on in your office, but you're listening to us and you're thinking, I got to make sure this never happens in my office. Well, that's good. That's, that's what we want. Right. right? So, so let's do this. Let's use the 2020 as an excuse again. I'm going to commit myself to being better with the numbers. So what I'd like from you, shady lady, or actually not so shady lady, is that I'd like to see reports on a regular basis. I'd really like to get in the habit of uh, having these reports given to me on a weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever. You may want to schedule some time with a consultant to just figure out how to look at these numbers if you're not sure. There's many that do, Lois Banta does an hour consulting for a fee. I do an hour consulting for a fee. No, no contracts involved. And I can tell you how to look at these numbers, but you're looking at your production, you're looking at your collections and you're looking at your adjustments. That's what you're first gonna look for. And just the fact that you're, you're keeping an eye on this is already you're putting up that first line of defense. And then the second line of defense is to say, to your team, make a comment about time theft, make a comment about inventory, that this is the year that you are going to make sure that the business is run very well. So make that announcement. If you don't think it's happening in your office and you just want to lay the groundwork for it, let the team know. A good team is not going to go, what the heck? A good right. team's going to go, okay, that makes sense. So if you have somebody that all of a sudden is like, uh-oh, well, you know, maybe you should check into that. That's, that's your tip off right there. That's a good point. And, and I, I love the fact that, you know, it's the perfect time of year to say, you know what, new decade, new year, you know, use whatever you want, but say, we're going to start doing things a little bit differently and get everybody on board. And again, explain to them, this doesn't just affect me as the dentist, it affects all of us. So this mm -hmm. is why we're going to really start doing some things like this. And you're right. If somebody throws a hissy fit about that, yeah, that's a red flag. Right. Honestly, if anybody throws a hissy fit, that's a red flag. What a, what an awful image I just got in my head of somebody just hissing. <laughs> you know, it, it goes back to my favorite meme with the lady screaming and the cat at the table. You know, that's, yeah. that's the best. I'm just telling <laughs> What do you mean you want to check inventory? It's my office, you know. Um, you know, that, that, that brings up something else too, though, uh, for the business owners and the managers here. I need you to, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a total weirdo here, but when it comes to protecting your practice, you need to bring out your big balls. Do you know what I mean? You can't sit there and think, I don't want to bring this up because then they're going to get mad at me or, you know, we may not get along after this, or she's going to be, you know, she's going to be grouchy because I mentioned this. I don't care. This is your office. This is your legacy. This is what pays the bills. This is what puts your kids through college, whatever. And managers who have that ownership mentality, they understand what I'm talking about. They do. And they want to help you make the practice as successful as possible. So don't beat around the bush. Don't worry about disciplining someone just because you're afraid that it's going to be uncomfortable or whatever. That's what happens. People get uncomfortable sometimes. We need to be all right with that. You know, that that's part of it. And if it flushes if it flushes somebody out of your office that isn't a good fit, you just did yourself a favor. You just did your team a favor by getting rid of that toxic, very shady lady. Well, and so. and, and change is very uncomfortable for some people. And you know, mm -hmm. you said earlier about well, we've never done it this way in the practice or whatever those 
words that I hate to hear in any way like that are, you know, and, and trust me, whenever you say we're going to start doing this, there are going to be some people who are going to automatically think, oh, that's more work for me. And it doesn't mean that they're guilty of anything, but they're all of a sudden going, oh, great, more on my plate. So I think that you've really got to say, this is why we're doing it. It's not just, you know, heavy handed or we're changing things, you know, and I think that that's, yeah. that's a good thing for everything is to explain why something's changing, not just announcing that a change is happening. Well, that's a really good point, though, because you're saying that if uh, you're basically saying that this is something else that's put on somebody's task list. And for our small office, that's sometimes just the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. We really should talk at some point in one of our podcasts about how office roles need to change because the amount of work that's yep. being put on on assistants, hygienist, um, admin is more so than it's ever been before. And I think 2020 is going to be another rough year for staffing. I just think it's going to be rough. We really need to talk about that and maybe how to structure some of these positions instead of just piling on to the one person in the office that seems to do their job really well. I think that'd be a great topic. Absolutely. And somebody who says, um, oh, I don't, you know, why are we doing it this way? Or it's not going to work or well, you've never tried it this way. You know, my, my advice back, and I use this with, with so many teams is I know we've never done this before. or I know we tried it before. I'm actually really excited because things are different now. We're going to try this now. I'm excited to get this started. I'm not going to let Debbie Downer tell me it's not going to work because she's going to think that anyways, whatever. So I'm setting the tone that this is going to work because why wouldn't it work? If it doesn't work, you know what, then maybe the system was wrong. Maybe we picked the wrong thing. Maybe we messed up, whatever, but you got to give it a try. You're not going to know unless you try it. That's, that's the bottom line. On I like it. that. Now we have talked about being stolen from, we have talked about uh, lazy stealers, allegedly lazy stealers. I mean, really miss Martinez, can you just buy yourself some, some, like a, a massage chair or something, right? Like, why would you just get more Netflix? I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> new year, all sorts of new shows are coming. Don't you get my, it? My goodness. Yeah, I, the, the Witcher has been on and uh, my husband and my son have gone completely gaga over that. You know, I, is that something that's on your to-do list? Uh, you know, it, it, I've seen the previews for it. Is that the one with uh, Robert Pattinson in it? No, no, that's Superman. Superman is is in is in The Witcher. Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill's in The Witcher. Oh, yes, okay. he's in The Witcher. And getting... for those of you who are thinking, why would I watch this Witcher thing? It's all gaming and all that kind of stuff. Let me just say, Henry Cavill gets very shirtless. So, <laughs> you know, just just putting that out there for y'all. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, just... I... I have no comment. I move. You know. Right. I, I know. It's, you're, like, it's like looking in a mirror. You know, I mean, I'm just like, how did I get on TV? That's what I thought. I thought, wow, Dana's so lucky because that looks just like Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So we're going to transition away from the, the happy topic of embezzlement. Kevin and I always like to talk about some fun stuff that we found just to kind of cleanse the palate after whatever we talk about. <laughs> you had said that you you watched a movie that you really yeah. dug over the holidays. What was it? And so Joker. Uh, we put it off because, you know, I heard all the reviews about it and how dark it was and how depressing it was. And so I didn't go see it in the theaters because I wanted to kind of be in my own little space. Uh -huh. uh, and, and I will tell you, 
I was blown away with how good that movie was. And really, oh, I, I mean, it it surpassed any expectation I had. Now, was nice. it dark? Was it depressing? Absolutely. But you know what? It was really something that I walked away going, if Joaquin Phoenix doesn't win an award for that, something's wrong. Uh, I mean, just oh. a fantastic uh, acting job in so many different ways. So I, if you have not seen Joker, highly recommend it. And I will also say they worked in more Batman references than I thought they were going to. So kudos oh, nice. to that as well. So yeah. How about you? I went to see with my, I went to uh, North Carolina to see my family. My aunt and Noah and I, we went to go see Richard Jewell. Oh. That was really good. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. And I, I did not realize how screwed up that whole investigation was. I'd heard about it, but I really, you know, I was at a point in my life, I didn't really pay attention to it. Holy cow. Wow. So uh, that's something that I'm going to do on some, one of my plane trips is, you know, do some deep diving into that because it's nice you know reading and all of that good. um i yeah i very good movie what i watched on netflix here we go back into our dark depressing place um i watched a show called don't excuse my language fuck with cats um and it is it, it of course it looks like something like oh you know somebody's taking care of cats and they're you know maybe it's a rescue show or whatever no no it wasn't anything like that <laughs> It was about uh, how this group of people on the internet became aware of this person who was harming animals, and and that was squeamish. I have to admit they oh. didn't they didn't show it, but they showed enough, oh. and okay. I had to look away. I mean, I actually I I looked away during these parts, and you know I I, I can watch most horror, but that just is no, too much. It's yeah. too real. Yeah, and and what they did was they caught onto this guy, and they went crazy trying to find him. I mean, thousands of people in a group tracking him down. It is one of the most interesting cases of how you can find somebody on the internet that I've ever seen. And they, you know, they were trying to let the police in certain uh, precincts know about it because they were concerned this was going to escalate from, from animal abuse to killing. And because that's typically the way, right? Right. And the police did not really want to do much with it, which was very surprising. There's a, a great ending, um, not maybe not the ending people want, but it was, uh, first of all, the guy who they chased, I'm not going to give too much away from him. What a psycho. Wow. So in just so many ways. So if you're into mysteries and fast paced mysteries, I would recommend this, but you know, either look away during the real squeamish mm -hmm. parts or... If animal abuse is something you just can't do, please skip this movie. It will mess your day up It will, because it stays in your head. It stays in yeah, your head. I, I don't need that. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's, that's you know, we watched uh, we watched the start of uh, Jack Ryan last night, the new season. And ah. spoiler alert, so, you know, turn it off for like 10 seconds. Uh, a dog gets killed, like in the very first episode. And it's, it's right. don't expect it. It's just, I mean, Dane and I both looked at each other like, Oh God. You know, I mean, you can see people get their head blown off and everything else, but an animal gets hurt or gets killed. And it's just like, yeah, it stays with you. It really does. Yeah, it does. I, my dad and I can watch a million zombie movies. You know, he's, he's my partner in horror. If he sees a dog getting killed, he's like, turn it off. I'm done. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't watch. I am legend anymore. I mean, no, no oh, never heart heartbreaking uh, heartbreaking yeah boy we just spoiled that right yeah so, well, yeah if you haven't seen it there you go so <laughs> don't get too attached okay <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Let me think what else was there on. I don't know. I, I kind of watched a lot of stuff in the background. I didn't really pay too much attention, but this is one of those shows that kind of made me go, oh, I really need to pay attention. There's a lot of new TV coming up and this is not a TV show, but I got to tell you, as somebody who has it on in the background all the time, I'm pretty excited. So you'll probably hear some stuff next time. Good. Yeah, I know. We I love how we turn this into business, business, and then ooh, what you watching? Yeah, well, you know, like you said, we got to cleanse the palate a little bit, you know, because uh, you know, I, and I'm not sure that going from you know harming cats and, and stealing money, you know, I'm not sure that anybody's uplifted at the moment, but we're trying here. So that's well, you know, so just think about uh, think about my dog Griffin, who is the mascot of the show. He's sleeping well he has not made an appearance this episode so think of my fluffy dog and maybe i'll include a picture in the show notes so that you can cleanse your palate with with the griffin good you know what always a good way to end with a dog i'm just saying that's right that's right so oh oh i'm gonna go gloomy again but i i wanted to say publicly you lost hank yeah you lost hank i'm so sorry to hear about that do you want to tell people about um you know hank hank was uh, my black lab and uh, he uh, got him as a pup uh, whenever I got divorced and he was kind of my buddy through some very, very, very uh, dark days. And uh, whenever I moved to Colorado and, you know, my life turned around after me and Dana and he stayed behind with my parents until I got my house ready for him to move up here. And he never moved up here. He became my parents' dog because they just fell in love with him and uh, he was just the, the best dog. Uh, he he got me through some horribly dark days that you went through with me as well. And uh, yeah, it's it was it was hard to say goodbye to him and it was hard that I had to uh, make the decision to have him put to sleep because he was just seizuring and it was just a it was a horrible uh, few days. Uh, but I, I flew to Tulsa and and I'm a big believer in that whole rainbow bridge thing and that he's chasing squirrels and everything else. And, uh, and I, I still tear up a little bit about it. So, yeah, of course. I mean, they're, they're our family. And I remember seeing pictures of you making your bacon. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. What did you call that? It was like a bunch of meat wrapped in bacon, the bacon explosion. Oh my God. Yeah. And God bless Hank. He just sat there and looked at me and he had those deep Brown eyes and he was like, really you're not gonna let any of this fall on the floor and of course some <laughs> did after it got cooked but uh <laughs> yeah that's true i had forgotten about that photo that yes the bacon explosion oh, you were you are the bacon god in uh, case anybody yeah, yeah. doesn't hank, know about that uh hank hank lived a, a good life full of uh, pork products i will say that so. <laughs> <laughs> i love it we we really do we do love our our animals and and i think a lot of people on this podcast you know they're they they know the connection that we're talking about. So yes, Hank is running with the squirrels. And um, I think actually it's not a dark conversation. I think it's a good conversation because he's not seizing anymore. He's yeah. actually up there having fun. He's watching over Ruth Ellen, your mom, yeah. who yeah. you know took good care of him. So uh, I think he's he's doing all right, I think. Yeah. And you know, and I said this on a Facebook video the night that that he passed. I said, you know, just if, if you've got an animal, love them a little bit more than, than you maybe should. Treat them a little bit better than maybe you, you think you are. And, you know, I mean, you know, you and I have talked about we know animals are hurt and abused and everything else around the country. And they're just such special gifts that we get. And I think sometimes we take them for granted. And, and all of a sudden you realize that, uh, you know, you should have done a couple things better or maybe you shouldn't have yelled at them for something just love your pets a little bit let them know how much how much that they mean to you because 
because they do. I, I saw a meme one time where it was, you know, if you step on your, your husband's foot or your friend's foot, you just kind of go, yeah, sorry about that. But if you step on your dog's foot, it's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. What can I do for you? You know, and they get, they get fed products all day long because you're so, and that's really how it is. It's so true. Norman and I joke all the time that, you know, if, if I had to choose between the two of them, he, God, I hope he knows how to swim, Norman. So. <laughs> Uh, so he knows there's a, there's a hierarchy in here, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, you know, if you don't realize that, uh, trust me, if, if we had a cat here at the house, I know who'd be first fiddle as far as Dana's concerned. So, you know, <laughs> there's no good, so. I mean, we're pretty much part of the furniture at this point, oh, right? So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Kevin, you can be found on Dr. By Cuspid and at a Ignite DA. So if you're not a subscriber to Ignite DA, you need to check that out. If you're not a subscriber to Dr. By Cuspid, you need to check that out as well. And for those of you who may have been finding this podcast for the first time, I have a newsletter that I'd love to send to you on a regular basis with insurance and management tips. And there is so much that you can learn from Kevin and I on our sites. We always have, we have archived webinars. You can catch up with us there, but connect with us on social media. If we're in your town speaking, come up and say hi, because that's been a blast to meet a lot of you. So we'd, we'd love to do that. All right. Thanks as always for having me on. I always enjoy talking to you. And I know you have given such great information. I want to give Teresa a shout out just real quick, because she provided the number one most read article of the year on drbycuspid.com whenever she talked about Delta Dental and the ADA uh, and, and what was going on with lawsuits and everything else. So just want to give her a quick shout out because you provide such great information to, to our readers and to people in the dental industry and they just soak it up, I know. Well, thank you very much. And I'd like to thank the ADA for that because yeah. <laughs> without them, that would not have been possible. <laughs> so, all right. Until the next time, listeners, we appreciate you so very much. Talk to you soon. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that.